20 years of marriage, we've survived both dark times and experienced restoration. We invite you to journey with us as we are still becoming one. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Still Becoming One. We are really glad that you joined us today. Mm-hmm. We're sitting here in Pennsylvania. It's a really dreary day. It is. It's kind of dreary and a little bit cold, but not cold enough to actually feel like winter. So it's just this kind of weird in-between. It feels like winter to me because it's just been rainy and yucky. I don't know where all of our listeners live, but if you have sunshine, maybe you can send it to PA. That would be lovely. Or if you have some snow, we'll take that too. Yes, one big snowstorm would be wonderful. After that, we can be all done. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) So so we are just back from our getaway weekend that we talked a little bit about last podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a great time. We're going to be kind of debriefing a little bit from that in a future episode and talking a little bit of how do you do those times well and stay focused on... Mm-hmm. what you're stay f- supposed to stay focused on, but um, we'll be talking about that. We're glad to be back here and yeah, chatting and mm-hmm. continuing to see people growing. Yeah. So we wanted to talk about something actually we're really passionate about today. Um, in fact, if you've been hanging around the podcast, you have heard us probably use the term story work. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people may have heard that and not really have any idea what we're talking about. So we wanted to dive into that a little bit today, what we mean, what it is, and going to try to answer some of the questions that come up every time that we're coaching somebody and talking about their story. So where does story work come from? Okay, so story work is coming out of the Seattle School and Dan Allender and the Allender Center is mm-hmm. where Dan teaches his theories and ideas of um, both theology and psychology. And mm. he has really I, written about and talked about this idea of understanding your story mm-hmm. and how God and you are co-authoring your story. Mm-hmm. And how understanding that can lead to healing in your mm. life today. Mm. I think that co-authoring thing, I think that's a little confusing. I think we'll have to revisit, like, what does that mean? And maybe once we've talked about it a little further, that will make more sense to people. Sure. Because I think most people in the church think, like, God is writing our story. Sure, absolutely. So I think that's a little confusing. And I think God is writing our story, but there's a places where we do need to pay attention to our story, both the Mm -hmm. positive parts of our story and some of the hurts and wounds in our story and how they have shaped us Mm -hmm. and our decisions. Yeah. And sometimes our automatic actions. Mm. Yeah, I think that most people have a concept of our lives being a story, or I think that's a term sometimes used in church. So I don't think that's too foreign, but I think this is different. And I know that um, when I was first introduced to it, that's kind of what I thought that it was like, just, you know, my life is a story and this is my story. Um, But it really is a, a journey deeper into 
what are the things that has happened in your childhood, which, which I think people can sort of get a little like, um, grown. Yes. They're like, Oh, right. That's what every therapist does. We have we to talk go back about to my childhood. childhood. Why yeah. does everything, I do hear people say that a lot. Why does everything have to relate to my childhood? So yeah, Brad, as a therapist, why does everything have to relate to my childhood? Well, I mean, there's lots of different reasons, but the baseline is because that's the place where we were learning how to respond, mm-hmm. how to take care of ourselves, how mm-hmm. to actually feel different emotions mm-hmm. and, and what they did to our bodies. So when somebody made us mad, mm-hmm. we then had opportunities to live out what does that look like? Mm what does it do in order to get that need? Cause mm-hmm. that, that is a need. So how do we get that met? Is that by going inward and meeting it ourselves? Is it by exploding until somebody pays attention? Like, mm-hmm. and those patterns mm-hmm. of how we learned how to adapt to situations don't change. Mm-hmm. They become very honestly rigid and we keep repeating them over and over again as a way of, trying to work out some of those mm-hmm. some of those things that we've experienced. So we need to go backwards to some of those early shaping activities to start to understand why. Mm. I think also I always remind people that it is how we thrive and survive. I think that sounds a little bit ominous, like we've all had to survive our childhoods, but in some ways we all have not in a way that we were in situations that required survival, but the reality is you learn to work within your family system. You learn to work with within how your mom and your dad work or whatever your family of origin looked like. If it wasn't mom or dad, you learned those things. You learned what made your parents upset. You learned what made your parents happy. And you learned with your unique personality, which would be why your siblings would have a very different experience than you and a different story. You learned how to survive in that system and thrive in that system. Correct. Yeah. And that's why we end up going all the way back to childhood of some of these early learning situations. Mm-hmm. And so what, what does story work kind of like, what is the framework? What does it look like? Well, I think it kind of, this answers both the, why do we need it and Mm -hmm. what do we do with it? Mm -hmm. And I I think it's this place of going and looking at how our stories are still impacting us today. Mm. Okay. Right. Because this isn't just digging up for no reason. Like, you know, Mm. they're is rarely a time that I'm going to go, hey, you know, let's just go dig in your past and see what's there just for fun. It it really is, hey, something is impacting my today. Mm-hmm. And I hear from guys all the time mm-hmm. of, I don't know why I get angry mm-hmm. at the drop of a mm-hmm. hat, or I don't know why I keep going back to this type of pornography that I hate. Mm-hmm. Um, or I don't know why I, you know, do any number of things that are this kind of repeated things that they've tried to change and they just feel like they can't change it. Mm-hmm. This is where we start to say, Hey, I think we may need to understand your story. Mm-hmm. 
And as I work with different women and do story work with them, I think some other common questions that come up are, why do I do what I do? Why do I always do what I do? Why, um, why can't I change that? Like, why can't I do something different? Why? And then of course there's a lot of self contempt talk of like, why can't I be normal? Why can't I be like other people? Why can't I act like that person? Why can't I like all of these things that, um, are just sort of a record player in your head that story work can give us insight from insight to so that we can walk it out differently. Yeah. And that's really the goal. It's to try to get to a deeper understanding so that then we can make the healthier choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, not, I always say to people, it doesn't mean you're always going to make the better choice in life, but you will find there's so much more freedom to understand why, why you are where you are in that situation, why you're feeling that way. And then how to, how to slow the moment down and choose something different. Yeah. And Dan and Kathy Lerzel in their recent book actually talked exactly about that concept. Mm -hmm. Um, This is from Redeeming Heartache, which uh, they say, you are invited on a journey not to resolve past sufferings, but to wrestle with them until you gain the blessing you are meant to receive, to walk even with a limp into more joy and to experience a measure of healing. I love, I love in that quote, I love the, my favorite part is even with a limp, because I think as I walk beside people and I've done my own story work, there is this thought and hope in some ways that we just experience such a healing that nothing ever sort of rubs us any like rubs us anymore with this. And I think on earth, that is just not how we work. We carry these things with us, these stories, these ways of surviving, these ways of handling situations. And I love that we can seek healing and have a measure of it, but it doesn't mean that we don't still struggle to some extent and that we don't still feel the effects of these things. And I think that's such an important part of story work. It teaches us that that is what happens in life, right? Jesus um, helps us through these things, but they are still a part of who we are. And so many times there is that hitch in our step that reminds us that, well, this is still my story, even though I have learned to do it differently. Like It's not gone. It's a part of who we are for yeah. good or bad. So, I love that part because I think it doesn't allude to this just fixes everything, makes it all better, but it is a huge piece towards healing and freedom. Yeah, exactly. And healing and freedom is is really the goal. Although this is pretty much exactly the point where any of our clients usually ask, and I'm guessing some of our listeners are sitting here asking right now, okay, that sounds great for someone who has trauma, someone Mm -hmm. who has, uh, you know, sexual abuse in their past, or they were, you know, beaten by their parents or whatever. Mm -hmm. But that's not me. I I grew up in a good home. Mm -hmm. My parents loved me. I I don't have any big, 
huge trauma. Mm-hmm. Why do I need to do this? Well, because Dan Allender would challenge that everybody has trauma. And I think that is a, a, a different concept for some people, but I'd love for you to lean into that a little bit and understand that anytime we have experienced hurt, because we're not in heaven yet, like that is trauma. Like mm-hmm. God did not design us to experience hurt in the way we do here on earth. And so those things create all kinds of things in us. And some people, um, you know, use an even stronger word, harm has happened yeah. with with your, your growing up, with your family, with your friends, with your school. Like there's all kinds of situations you go through in your childhood that are, you know, ripe situations for hurt and harm. Yeah, absolutely. And when we can understand that that hurt and that harm creates trauma, whether as Dan Allender calls it, big T trauma or little T trauma, all of those things need light brought to them and need attention. Yeah. So we all have it. Yeah. I think that's really good. And that concept of big T versus little T is a really important thing to kind of push into. Those big T traumas are significant, but they're moments that happened that pretty much somebody recognized, somebody knows usually happened. It's hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully they don't, but hopefully it's, you know, abuse or a shooting incident or, you know, a, a significant time of, uh, you know, where you were in foster care or something like that. People recognize there was trauma in your life. Mm-hmm. And those are big T's. And they are significant. This, this is not removing any of that. It's um, recognizing their significance and how that wrote a story for you. Yeah. But, but we also love to push into the fact that every one of us have small T traumas. Mm-hmm. It's the time that a teacher pushed you harder than you really could go and mm. you just broke down. It's the time that you were trying to get a parent's attention and they had their attention needed to be on something else, mm-hmm. but you felt left behind. Mm-hmm. It's the time at, on the schoolyard where a bully, you know, overpowered you in a way that you didn't know how to deal with and felt completely powerless about. Mm-hmm. And those traumas that stick with us in, I, I always tell the guys I'm working with, we tend to have um, two or three images and maybe a short little gif of a word or two. And and that's what we carry with us. And we can go back and pull those things up and we just feel that sinking feeling in our gut. And those are often those little T traumas that we carry around with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we can sit in a place and talk through those stories, we begin to see what they wrote in us yeah. and what they've wrote and reinforced um, over the years. So it's a really unique, special, sacred process. It's very hard. Um, yeah. So, but you can begin to see, you know, why those records play in your head, why you always think that about yourself, because your story gives insight to all of those things. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's really, really helpful. I think it's also, this is where we get the question all the time of, but I had a good home. 
my parents loved me. They supported me, like all those kind of things. And people kind of push back on, I don't really need to dig up this old wound. Yeah, something hurt, but I had a good home. Yeah, I think that is a really good question. And I think I, I get the tension of it. First of all, we're not trying to, in story work, we're not trying to make your families all, everybody's family is bad and mm-hmm. there are th- horrible things that have happened. No. But we do live in this tension of, you know, we don't live in the Garden of Eden anymore. We are um, wounded people, sinful people, and that plays a role in everything that we do. And so no parent is perfect, right? I can say that as a parent. I can say that as having had parents and even see my grandparents interact with my parents. Like you, I think we all understand those things, right? We do, but that's exactly what's happening when we kind of mush together and go, I had good parents. We just kind of take all the positive and all the negative and mush it together and go, Mm. it's okay. It's no big deal. The common phrase that we hear and I used to say as well is my parents were doing the best they could. And there is some truth in that that. because they have their own story and however much they have or have not processed that, they are doing the best they can. So, you know, that makes sense, but it's also really worth talking about, um, you know, what was done well because stories of care and stories of being seen are very important as well. Absolutely. But also what wasn't for you, what did cause hurt and harm and exploring those. And I know that we always talk with people about honor and honesty when we're talking about your family of origin or your, um, the people who raised you. So what, what does that look like when we, when we talk to people about honor and honesty? Yeah, and I think this is that really good point of rather than just mushing together and go, oh, they were good parents, it's actually pulling out what were the places about them that you can honor? How do you go, you know what, my mom used to do this, and I really appreciated her instilling that value in in me. Or, you know, my, my dad was such a hard worker, and he taught me the value of hard work. Like, that is honor. It's actually mm-hmm. looking at it and going, okay, here's something my dad or my mom or whoever gave me mm-hmm. in order to help me grow. Mm-hmm. The other part of that, in order for us to actually do that, sometimes we need to get to the honesty side of going. Mm-hmm. And there was those times where my dad did not see me, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. he wasn't paying attention to the things that I actually needed. Mm-hmm. And there were that time that I tried to reach out for help and nobody had it acknowledged, you know, that, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Or um, there's so many different stories that I hear of things that happened in in sometimes in a blink of an eye and we can easily see, man, that was not that parent's intent, Mm -hmm. but we see that harm happened. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and what's happening when we go, Oh, I just, I had a good home is we're wiping out. Oh, I shouldn't be hurt by that because that wasn't my parent's intent. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a hard, 
it is a hard dynamic. We we sit with people in that and understanding it is tough. It's not just yeah. easy to be like, oh, but that was hard for me. But, you know, story work asks us to enter in to how did that hurt and yeah. what did that then create or yeah, what did, did that, that change then you? reinforce? Because maybe it's, maybe it's something that has happened or happened several times through same people or different people and it just reinforced something within you. Um, and so we get to a place where we can look at some of the lies that we have joined about our own lives. Correct. And experience a measure of healing with understanding what the lies are, why it was created, and how we don't have to continue to walk that out anymore. So you use the term lies, um, and, and I think we've talked about this in different people at different times, maybe using other words. So w- give us an example. What do you mean by believing these lies? Well, it's different for everybody, although when you sit with people and do story work, they're not all that different. Like yeah. they, they sometimes have different, themes. different words. Um, but as I sit with women and talk about the different things, and this is why we do several stories, because you start to see the themes that usually, you know, are, are lies. Um, some, for example, that I've seen a lot of are, I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. I am unworthy. I'm trying to think of what other common ones that I see. I don't know what what you see with the guys that you tend to work with. Those are probably the two biggest. And sometimes, like I said, they'll there there will be different words that kind of that mean that out. same thing. But the experiences that they've had over their childhood, the hurts, has led them to have this little record player in their head that just keeps saying, "I'm unworthy. Like I'm not enough. Right. I can't do this right." So then we go to a place of self-contempt, that we are the problem. And dealing with that, the way that we deal with our own self-contempt is usually not not great ways. For me, it was definitely always anger. I don't know, for you, I'm trying to think what yeah, your main I'm, go-to was. I think, you know, again, these are all very personal, what the lies are or mm-hmm. whatever that is. Yep. So, so we're probably not going to hit yours specifically, but you know, those are some, mm-hmm. some big themes. I know for men that I work with, um, it's often in this place of nobody likes me. Um, mm-hmm. no, you know, I, I'm not valued. I'm not mm-hmm. important. Um, those are often big themes that I hear. Um, I'm too much for people, kind of the opposite of what you just said of, mm-hmm. of I'm not enough. Like sometimes guys get stuck in this, like, I, you know, I just need to disappear. I'm too much kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I hear, with that. hear a lot of those kind of themes um, in, in just some of the guys that I work with. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you might be sitting here thinking, oh yeah, like I can sort of resonate with that. I would caution you, it's actually through story work. I think I thought I knew what my challenges were based on the facts of my story. Yeah. But story work really goes so much deeper than that. And I think what I unearthed now seems obvious to me, but at the time it probably would not have been what I named. So 
even though you might think you're super aware, and you may be, I'm not saying that you're not necessarily, story work is its own journey, even for someone who has done other forms of therapy, um, has done a lot of self-discovery. I think just reminding yourself that there are doors and things that will open that you've never really thought about before. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Kate's really quick to say that um, this is the main thing she does in coaching women. Mm -hmm. Um, She really uh, connected and loves story work. And so she does this almost exclusively um, working with women. Um, I do a mix of things. So I I have some other other things I'll do with people based on where they're at. But I do often kind of go and um, help people understand their story and help people understand that motivation of their story. Mm-hmm. And it is a amazing journey. We hear all the time of people going to this place of, I had no idea I was carrying this much emotion from that thing in the past. Or, mm. um, you know, I, I heard somebody just recently, you know, kind of breaking down and going, I think I've been carrying that for 40 years Mm-hmm. And I never even realized it mm-hmm. and had been in lots of other therapy and those kind of things. So there are things that are kind of just sitting there in in our stories that we need to understand mm-hmm. and that doing that starts to change us. Well, there is also just the fact of being seen and heard in your story, yeah, right? Because many times in our childhood, and I know as a mom coming back into the role of the parent, I've missed things. I have missed things with my kids that I never intended to miss. I have missed things with my kids because I've been tired or selfish or just didn't want to pay attention. Not everything's intentional, but I have missed things. And story work is a very sweet process of someone seeing you and hearing you in your story. Yeah, It's a very vulnerable thing. It's hard to enter into. But it's a beautiful thing because your story is your story and somebody gets to hear it for what it is and take it for what it is. And that's a really, that in and of itself is a really beautiful part of the process. There is much more to it, but just think about it. It's someone sitting there saying, I hear you. I hear what that was like for you. It's just a really beautiful thing. And as Kate kind of said, there is more to than just opening up and going, okay, I'm going to tell you this time that this thing happened. Mm -hmm. You know, we kind of dive into um, a a little bit of your thoughts at the time, what you Mm -hmm. did, what the other people around you did, and Mm -hmm. help you to kind of uncover um, how those actions or inactions may have shaped you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that we keep coming back to is this concept of kindness, where if we can start to understand why some things happened and how they happened in our lives, mm-hmm. then we can start to have kindness for how we are making decisions now. And that's not just to excuse it. That's not just to go, oh, yeah, okay, that's okay that you got angry again. It's mm-hmm. actually to go, yep, we understand why you're getting angry now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that understanding, just that whatever mm-hmm. uh, piece of, yep, this is some of my story, actually gives us the space to make other decisions, to make other choices on how we want to take care of ourselves. 
Yeah, you mentioned kindness, and it's important to understand that with these things, when the hurts and the harms happen, we don't usually look at ourselves with kindness. And I don't actually think anybody I've done story work with has been able to be like, no, no, I was kind to myself in that. We usually go to... It's my fault. Right, which is a voice of contempt and, you know, I'm responsible. I need, you know, I did that not well, all, all of the things. And yet when we can look at ourselves with kindness, that's when we can actually have that measure of healing. Absolutely. Because the Bible says it's God's kindness that brings us to repentance. And therefore there is no condemnation. Right, like this is very much following in line and how God wants us to understand our own salvation, understand his love for us and who he is. And really, really important stuff because I, I think you just nailed it, is we go back to these stories and guys, I've heard stories from people who were four or five and mm-hmm. just have a ton of contempt for how they did things things that were done to them, they then carry contempt of it's my fault. Mm-hmm. And we start looking at that and go, ah, no. Four. Yeah. You well, were most stories are a little bit older than yeah, that. But that's you were right. the you, you were, were the, the kiddo, kid. not the parent. And and there is part of story work that we have to dive into that. Yeah. And and so just uprooting some of that contempt and recognizing how we are loved and should be cared for is Mm -hmm. a huge, huge part of that. So I hope that that answers some of your questions about Mm -hmm. story work and what it is that sometimes we do in coaching as Mm -hmm. as we're talking with people. Um, There are actually a lot of people out there who are doing story work and Dan Mm -hmm. Allender's theories. um, And and it is is something that I see as life-changing because Mm -hmm. it's not just about fixing a problem today, Mm -hmm. right? I love working with couples on how do I improve your communication? It's great to learn some skills. Mm -hmm. I I enjoy doing that. However, this is getting back into the, man, why don't I apply these skills that I've learned multiple times? This is going deeper in trying Mm -hmm. to understand the decisions or the things that I'm doing, even if I know better things. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing some of you have gotten caught in that loop. I mm-hmm. know what I could do differently to grow in intimacy in my marriage. I know what I could do differently to communicate with my kids, mm-hmm. but I don't. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure why. Mm-hmm. And this is often the place that we start to unlock the why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great start. It's a great journey. It sounds like a quick, easy journey. That is Oof. the one thing I would, I would caution. It it's dependent. Like it's not. It's not like I can put a timeline on any that it's this long or that long. But sometimes people, I think, are thrown off by the significance of the time we have to spend in stories. So I would just say, like it. It is if you've never given it a try, and is something that you know God's put on your heart that maybe this would be different, definitely, you know, reach out to us. We'd love to explore the possibility of that with you, but it's not a quick, easy changes everything. Yeah. And actually I think story work is kind of a lifetime process, but 
the hope is that we can walk with you to a point where then you can process bits and pieces of your own story when they come up in the future. It's not, you know, it's, but uh, the reality is, as I grow and I change as an adult, life comes in different circumstances. And I'm like, oh, why is this coming up for me? Why do I feel stuck on this? And then I have to re enter into my story and see where that was born, why it was born, and and how I can look at myself with kindness and interact with it differently. Yeah, it absolutely can be a lifelong journey. And even as you're working with somebody, it, it can take some time to get into these stories and mm-hmm. understand them for yourselves and yeah. write them and read them and process them. I know for me, one of the times um, I do men's groups specifically around unwanted sexual behavior and understanding your stories. And for me, those are 18 weeks long. Like Mm. it's a long journey Mm -hmm. um, uh, in that. And you've done women's groups Mm -hmm. where um, you are working on with women and understanding their stories. And yours are usually 12 weeks. And yeah. I think I'm still trying to figure out the sweet spot in that, but I think that's probably where it's going to be is 12 weeks. So, so there, it is not a short journey. And even when we're working one-on-one with people, mm-hmm. um, it, it is, it takes some time to go through uh, with kindness. Yeah. Some of those, some of those stories. So um, yeah, but we hope, and we know there's some of you out there who are going, man, this is exactly what I need. Um, so I, I would really encourage you to check out um, either our website, stillbecomingone.com. Uh, you can find out more information about our coaching and counseling there. Mm-hmm. You can check out Dan Allender's website where he not only can refer you to other people around the world who are doing this, or mm-hmm. maybe you're interested in doing some of his training courses. Yeah. Um, and his workshops. So he has some great story workshops, both in person and online. So we encourage you to check that out. There will be links in our description, and we hope that you will stop by our Still Becoming One social media and say hello. Yeah, we will see you next time. Still Becoming One is a production of Aldrich Ministries. For more information about Brad and Kate's coaching ministry, courses and speaking opportunities, you can find us at aldridgeministries.com. For podcast show notes and links to resources in all of our social media, be sure to visit us at stillbecomingone.com. And don't forget to like this episode wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to follow us to continue your journey on Still Becoming One.